Welcome to the Mama Embodied Podcast with yours truly, Shayna Ray. I'm a somatic attachment coach and therapist that is absolutely dedicated to supporting your soul's evolution as you prepare and step into the motherhood and parenting journey. Mama Embodied is a must-listen for mothers and mothers-to-be who are seeking support, community, and all of the tips and tricks to raise secure, resilient kids that can thrive in this unpredictable world. This show is here to help you understand how putting your needs first as a mama and healing yourself on all levels, mind, body, and soul not only changes your life, but also shapes your future generation's lives to come. Through honest conversations around reparenting yourself, attachment trauma, the five personality patterns, and raising your child from a conscious, playful, and secure attachment perspective, we're going to explore the importance of embodying what you want your kids to learn so that you could be the one in the family line that stops the family inherited trauma and creates a safe and loving foundation that your family can lean on. So join me and guest experts in the field as we embrace our stories, share our wisdom, and help you create a life full of well-being, joy, love, and connection with you and your loved ones. So mamas, let's get started. What is up, my love? It feels so good and so right to have you back in the space with me today. And if you haven't seen, Mom School, my second signature program, is officially open to the public. This has been a creation I have been building for the past three years. I am not one to learn material and then just push it out into the world. I'm someone that wants to be deeply embodied in the work, make sure it actually works with my clientele before giving it to you. So when you get the course, you are getting a foolproof program that's going to give you so much impact in your life. And so Mom School is here to not only revolutionize your mental health, but also for your future generations to come. You know, mental health numbers continue to skyrocket year over year. And it's due to unhealed attachment trauma. And no one really knows what the fuck attachment trauma is, right? Which is why family inherited trauma keeps getting passed down through the generations. And so when we can build awareness around what attachment trauma really is, what our nervous systems need to thrive, the art of co-regulation and how to do rupture and repair when things don't go as smoothly as we planned, That is what is allowing us to create a rock solid foundation for our kids. You know, I always thought, hey, like if mental health numbers are continuing to skyrocket, why aren't we going to the root, right? Why aren't we teaching mothers how to mother their kids in a way that supports their mental health and helps them thrive as they grow up? So that is what mom school is here to teach you. And it's so different than any other parenting course out there because it's not just about focusing on what you can do for your kid. It's also giving you the time to focus on yourself, to understand your personality patterns, to heal your attachment trauma, to audit your triggers. All of that good stuff is so important if we want to mother our kids from the secure attached perspective. So if you are interested, it is open up for enrollment. Like I said, you can check out the website in the link in the show notes below because right now we have an epic Black Friday sale. The price will never be this good and you get so many juicy offerings. So if you want to learn more, click the link in my IG bio. Now, when I'm on Instagram stories, I'm always sharing what my clients tell me, but 
I just thought, hmm, you know what? It would be so much better for you to hear from them directly. So today on the show, I have an incredible mother-daughter dynamic. Their names are Sue and Brenna. And I've actually been working with them individually for the past two to three years. And the shifts they have had are incredible. And so I asked them to come on the show to share their perspective, what they've learned through this work, because this is what I teach inside of mom school. And this is what is possible for you and your family dynamic. So without further ado, let's just dive in. Sue, Brenna, I am so excited to have you guys on the show. It's been such an honor working with you both individually for the past like three years, you guys, which is so wild to think mm. about. Yeah. And I'm just so thankful you guys are coming onto the podcast to share your perspective on how this work has changed your life. So to kick it off, I thought it'd be great to talk about what was your initial reaction or response when I asked you to come onto the podcast? Because I know you guys had two completely different point of views that I know the people listening can totally relate to. So I'll start with you, Sue. Like when I was like, hey, Sue, I have this idea of you and your daughter coming onto the show. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts from that perspective. Yeah. So I was excited and happy to share our story, but I was also really nervous. It was sort of bringing up sort of another layer of work that I felt like I needed to do. Um, And it was really funny to see our different perspectives because I was like, oh God, vulnerable. I don't know. And Brenna was like, oh, this is so exciting. I can't wait. And I remember thinking, wow, like there's something here. She is so excited. And while I was excited, it also, I was more nervous and felt like It was bringing up a lot of stuff for me because, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but, you know, Brenna's now 23 years old. And when she was younger, she was full of emotion and I wasn't great at holding her emotion. And so I have kind of always felt like, oh God, like I didn't do a good job as a mom or I ruined her, you know, and, and I've said that to her before. So I felt like coming on to talk about the work was really highlighting a lot of stuff that happened in her childhood that I didn't feel great about. Um, I have my own mother wounds, not in relationship with my mother. And she's so I know how that feels um, to have a mother wound. And I kind of felt like, oh, God, are we coming on here to highlight Brenna's mother wounds? Because that felt really overwhelming to me. But we worked through it. You know, it was an opportunity to do another layer of work. And um, so having done that piece of work with you, I'm now really excited to be here and share our story. I love that so much. And I love how you lean in. You're like, this is an edge. We can work through this piece. And it helped you kind of settle into actually realizing what an incredible mom you are. You know, I think so many moms have that mom guilt of like, oh, my God, did I not do enough? Because every mom has the best intentions for their kids. And it's just these little nuances that no one taught us, right? And I'd love to hear, Brenny, your perspective now going through this work. And I know that was even healing for your mom to hear your your side. So I'd love for you to share that. Yeah, so I was very excited when you asked us to come on the show. I've always said, me and my mom both always say that we feel like we have big work to do here together. And this feels like part of that. And honestly, um, my response to her feeling that way is, of course, I get it. I get where she's coming from. 
It's just that that is not how I see it. I feel honored to be in the position that I am in and to get to do this work. I truthfully see it as a privilege. Um, My mom, my dad, and generations before them didn't have the same privilege as I do to break down family inherited trauma and regulate their nervous system before I came along. These generations were in survival mode, right? Like looking to see another day. And I just feel so grateful to not be in survival mode. Like I've got that down pat. So my next step past that is I'm not surviving anymore. I'm stepping into thriving. And that's what this work looks like for me. So like I said, yeah, it just feels like a privilege to be here and to be doing this work. And I think the goal is that every generation just gets better. Um, so right. My parents are, are doing better in this sense than generations before them. And I think my generation and the generation below me will be doing even better, which is the really beautiful part of doing this work is that it affects generations back and generations forward. So I am just grateful and thankful to my parents for doing the work they did on themselves and to get me to this place to get to do this work and doing it with my mom has been the coolest thing ever because it's not only that, you know, I'm healing my own work. It's like we're, we're healing our family unit and we're healing the way that our family will affect our generations to come and really developing a a really beautiful dynamic that is not just affecting me, not just affecting my mom or my, yeah, my whole family. It's, it's much bigger than just the two of us. So those are my thoughts. I, I see it very like, like a privilege and I'm just honored to be in this position. Yeah. I know when we had a session and we were talking about this, we were talking about like, yeah, like our grandparents, like they were in concentration camps. They were or did they have time to sit down with someone one-on-one to regulate their nervous system? It's like, no, they were fighting to live another day, pure survival mode. And even when Sue was a mom, like there, there wasn't any access to this kind of information. And yeah. Sue's definitely a mom that tried everything under the sun, right? We've talked about that. Of She did so much to try to support you and your emotions. And she had no mm-hmm. idea that the fact that her mom never held her in her emotions was why it was so dysregulating to hold you. And that's why I love having you guys come on to the podcast to really highlight that it's never too early or too late to do this work. Like I know Sue, your initial impact, like thought was like, oh, like I felt like I could have done better when she was little, but like, look at your guys's dynamic now. Like it is so inspiring. It's so beautiful. I'm sure so many people look at your guys's dynamic and are just like, look, look at them. Like how beautiful mm-hmm. is this? And it's like, if you didn't go through what you went through and both had this willingness to look at these pieces, you wouldn't be where you are today and have this like deeper understanding and deeper connection. Yeah. I have something to say about that too, is that the, the path my life is taking me on now is that I am planning on doing a lot of the work that I have or sharing a lot of the work that I have done up until this point that I wouldn't have done if my mom and I weren't in this position together, for for example, the work I do with you, I'm planning on doing that in my future. And um, my mom and I, my mom tried out a lot of different modalities for me when I was younger. And one of them that really landed with my family 
was eating a whole foods diet and uh, focusing on supporting our body through nutrition. And that is the exact path that I am taking for my life, like going forward my career. And I would not have found that if it wasn't for the way I was raised. So not only do I feel privileged, it feels perfect. Like it, it just feels like how it was supposed to be. And I can't imagine my life taking a different path. So there's really no, like there, there's no ill will. There's no hard, there's no hard feelings. It's all just, it all just feels so perfect. Yeah. So how does that feel hearing that Sue from your daughter having that perspective now? Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It is it's really wonderful to hear. And and she and I have spoken about this uh, quite a few times where I have just shared like, oh, geez, I just, you know, I just, I feel so bad. I wish I, it's not so much that I wish I had done better because I do truly feel like I did the best I could. I can honestly sit here and say, I did the best I could. And, I, and maybe we should like pause here and sort of just talk briefly. I feel like we're making it sound like she was this like out of control child. She just <laughs> had a lot of emotions that she couldn't hold and I couldn't hold either. So no one was holding them. And it sort of just made for this really like explosive child. You know, she was she was so loving and so caring and felt everything that she did and everything of people around her she just felt it all. And it was, they were huge, huge, huge emotions. And it resulted in a lot of outbursts and crying. And, you know, and when I was growing up, if I had those emotions or those outbursts, I would have to go to my room. And so like you live what you learn. So, okay, Brenna, you are quote unquote out of control. You need to go to your room. And and then I could hear her escalating in her room thinking like, this isn't working, but it's so disruptive in the family. I, I don't know what else to do. So that that's basically um, what we're describing here in her childhood. And so I did try. We didn't have this, you know, co-regulation and nervous system regulation work that we have now. So, you know, I brought her to craniosacral therapist and we, we, like Brenna mentioned, we sort of did some diet modifications and I took her to a therapist that taught her tapping and she had recommended that we give her this really high dose omega supplement. And so I got a prescription from my doctor. And so back then we're talking like 2000, probably this all this work started in like, I'd say, 05 or 06 that we started down this path. And people were like, what are you doing? Just put her on ADD meds. Like that's the answer. <laughs> and I just felt like in my gut, that is not the answer. And, and I'm not saying it isn't for some people. I can only speak to my situation with my daughter and it did not feel like the right path for us to take. So that's where I started pursuing all of this work. And I had a lot of people tell me, that I was crazy. Like, this is just like way out of the box stuff. This is not what it is. It is not food that's affecting her. Food would be affecting her. She would be getting a rash or she would be getting stomach aches or, you know, it wouldn't be affecting her, um, her neurology. And I was like, mm, but I do think it is. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I guess all of that to say that I don't, I, I now, after having these conversations with Brenna and working through some of this work with you, Shana, can honestly say like I did the best I could and feel really confident in that. 
Do I wish that we had this work? 100% I do. But as Brenna has alluded, I think coming, you know, you kind of find things when the time is right. And I think finding this work when we did, we both were in a place where we were ready, able, willing to really dive in deep to it. And it has really resulted in just amazing. Brenna and I have a beautiful relationship, so open, so honest, so caring, so much love. And, you know, and I think just finding this work when we did has really allowed us to to dive deep and to end up where we are today. Yeah, I love that you're pointing to that, Sue, because I do think, you know, even in the early 2000s, people weren't ready for this work, you know, like, even the cry it out method was really popular. Like they really thought, oh, putting your kid in isolation is what's going to teach them how to regulate their emotions. And what we didn't realize was, sure, they stopped crying, but why did they stop crying? It's because they created a survival strategy in their nervous system. They started to learn, huh, I don't get connection if I act a certain way. So I need to suppress how I'm authentically feeling. Hence the reason when they got older, they started dealing with anxiety and depression because it was conditioned of suppression. But like you were saying, it was just if if I brought mom school into the world in the early 2000s, I don't think it would be very receptive. I think we're in this beautiful day and age where people are starting to realize like, okay, there are, you know, things that can be supportive or like crutches while you're going through things like ADD medication, ADHD, like they can all serve a purpose in some way, but people are starting to question it a little bit more, but like, okay, but what's the root? Like, why am I having Mm -hmm. to take this medication? Like what other ways can I regulate my nervous system that I don't have to rely on something outside of myself? And so that's, what's so exciting about this time is I think moms or aspiring moms are like, okay, I see this being an issue in my life, like whether I'm dealing with anxiety or depression, self-doubt, mother wounds, and I'm ready to do the work so my kids don't have to go down this path. So sorry, like you had to take the hit essentially in your era. But what I love about you, Sue, is you have this quality of continuing to search for the thing until you find it. And you've done so much research and it's, I mean, look at Brenna, she's going to do a focus in nutrition because of what you researched, you know, so it ended up being such a huge aspect of her life. And now you get this work and it's incredible. Yeah, it is. And I want to backpedal on something you talked about earlier, Sue, of just, you know, when you were a kid, your mom put you in timeout when you were feeling big emotions. So it felt like, okay, that's the thing I need to do with my daughter. You know, we learn what we live and that is attachment trauma. And I want to point to that because attachment trauma sounds really aggressive when it's really not (laughs) like, it's like you did the best. It's like, Oh, my mom taught me, this is how I I need to like be with my emotions. So I'm going to pass that down. So that's what family inherited trauma is. And I want to just like highlight that because I think people, when I talk about attachment trauma, they're like, Oh, I had a good childhood. And, and like, I don't understand. Like, I know I was guilty of that when I first came into this work, like there's no way I have attachment trauma. And like, even Brenna had a great life. It wasn't like she had, like you were pointing to, it's like, it's not like she had this, these terrible parents and that didn't care. And she went, you know, and it's like, but it still impacted her nervous system. So it's these subtle nuances of like if we don't know how to be held in our emotions how the hell are we going to teach our kids that right yeah Yeah, I think it's really innocent and that's what is hard to grasp and that's the 
you have to get in, you have to be comfortable with the nuance of attachment trauma and mm-hmm. this situation, because like you said, like we all pointed to, I really did have a, a great childhood. I have an amazing family, amazing parents that love and care about us so much and are so present with us and made us feel like we were there, their whole world when we were younger. Like there was no intentional neglect or intentional harm. And I think for me, when I first got into this work for Shana, it was really edgy to understand that I was affected by how I was raised because, and it's not that I would felt, I don't know if it was that I felt like I wanted to inherently protect my parents or just that I, I was almost confused because I'm like, but I had such a good childhood. Like people, people don't have the privilege of being raised the way I was. So, so like I already pointed to the nuance there of feeling like you had such an amazing childhood and acknowledging that there was impact on your nervous system and the things that you are dealing with today, which for me was mostly in my adult years, mostly manifested as extreme overwhelm to the world and anxiety and just like a, a shutdown response, um, just overwhelm, not feeling like I could handle situations and also physical overwhelm. Like I've uh, been really sensitive to lights and sounds and just just the world being the world. So I think being able to hold those two truths at once, that that those represent the impact that the attachment misses, had the developmental disappointments had on my nervous system. But I wasn't able to tap into the the impact without holding the truth that my parents did the best they could. And not only did they do the best they could, it was a great childhood in a lot of ways. Like, because I'm feeling the impacts of it doesn't take away from the fact that it was an amazing childhood and that it was probably better than a lot of other people's childhoods too. Like, sometimes you feel like you can't be impacted negatively because you're like, oh, other people other people had it worse. Like, this isn't that bad. Yeah. Um. But it, it, but it did affect me. It affected my daily life. So the reason I was able to get into, you know, like the shit it did do to my nervous system was by holding the truth that my parents did, did the best they could. And I, I did have an amazing childhood. So I think our society has a hard time with nuance as a concept, um, very black and white thinking. And, you know, if this is true, then that can't be true. And I actually feel like the ability to hold the nuance is the doorway in. Like, I don't know that you can bypass, bypass that. I completely agree. You have like, I always tell my clients, like you pointed to, you got to hold two truths at once and everybody's journey is going to look a different way. And I think that's actually really cool. We can actually compare the two between you guys. Like for Brenna, she had these parents that really gave a shit and tried their best to deal with her emotions, but didn't know how to co-regulate. So it impacted her nervous system. So doing the work with Brenna, it was focusing on like, Hey, we're not trying to villainize your parents. Like that is not the goal of this work. The goal is to just process the impact it had on your nervous system and process the tears, the anger, the 
sadness, the guilt, all of that all the way through with somebody this time. So Mm -hmm. those parts can let go. You can have a more regulated nervous system. So yeah, I feel like in the beginning, it was just like, but I love my parents, like totally. But let's, how are you? How are you feeling in your body? I'm having a racing heart. Okay, let's go on in on that, right? So mm-hmm. as that started to happen, Brenna started to realize, like, oh, like I'm just here to understand. I like I have parents that care, and I'm just processing the impact on the nervous system, so I can even believe in that or rest in that even more, and have yeah. a more regulation. Whereas Sue little different dynamic, right? Sue had a mom that wasn't emotionally attuned nor tried, right? So Sue came into this work knowing there was a mother wound, knowing there was impact, but it was hard to like rest in the like, well, she just didn't know any better, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to see both sides because going into this work, you're going to be at, you, you end at the same two truths at once, but you might start with one truth over the other. Right. Mm -hmm. And they still lead you to the same place. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think also in our society, like talk therapy is so valued. Mm -hmm. And so my experience in talk therapy has been, you feel like this. What's the reason you feel like this? And let's sort of start there. Oh, you had parents that weren't, you know, weren't able to hold you in your emotion let's process your parents not being able to hold you. And I, you know, and I went through that with my own mother working with you. And what's so different about this work, and this is what's brought me to the place of even being able to be on here and talk about the vulnerability of feeling like, you know, I, I wish I had been a better mom, you know, that all those kind of feelings is that it, it isn't, it isn't blame. It isn't like, oh, it's not even really about the cause for all of us. It's just trying to help your nervous system relax and have your emotions, like you said, be held and witnessed, you know, by somebody else. And so it it takes a lot of the blame away and just deals with what here is here in the present mm-hmm. and gets you out of your mind. And this is what I think happened. And this is what happened. And I need to process this and into the body of like, yeah, what does it feel like in your body? And that's work for me that I had never done in all of my years of therapy, it has always been very mind focused. Mm -hmm. And so the body focus, um, I know Brenna and I laugh about when I first started doing this work, I remember saying to Brenna, I was asked what the difference was between a thought and a feeling or a thought and an emotion. And honestly, no idea. I just thought they were the same thing. Like that's how in my head I was all of my life. So this work has opened up a whole new relationship with, for me and my body. It's been amazing. Yeah. I remember when you said that to me, you were like, someone asked me where I felt this emotion in my body. And we both looked at each other and we were like, huh, (laughs) <laughs> that that's new you're like what do you mean where do you feel what's a body where do you what do you where do I feel this emotion in my body and that right. was probably like two years ago at this point and now here we are just buzzing through the feelings of the body weekly with Shana in session so that's just funny and that learning that map or the learning our body in that way is exactly what's changed us for the better over like that's at the base of this that's what's changed for us is that we're learning to 
be in our body and feel our body. And I guess what's changed it is having a witness and having a compassionate, true mirror on us and allowing us to, you know, process these emotions and having a different outcome at the end. But it starts with feeling your body which just a couple of years ago, we didn't even understand what that meant. <laughs> and I think so many people can relate to that hearing this podcast episode because we're so used to being in the mental field. Like think about our schooling system. Everything is about critical thinking and analyzing and problem solving. And like you said, Sue, talk therapy is super popular. Like, okay, you feel this way, but why? Let's dig deeper on the specific memory and let's unpack this. When it gets to be easier than what we were taught. And I know when I have clients that first come in, they want to like kick me when I say that because it's, like, <laughs> it's hard in the beginning, of course, because it's not familiar. But once you start to go, oh, like I just have to be with my body, then you realize life gets to be easier. You let it come to you instead of you trying to find the thing. And it's all through co-regulation, right? What we all missed in childhood, I think most parents do not know the art of co-regulation, hence the reason I created mom school to help finally give people the step-by-step process to not only learn how to receive co-regulation with another adult, but also co-regulate their child. Because like you pointed to, Brenna, this is how we learn to feel safe to be in our body is Mm -hmm. through co-regulation. We can be in our body outside of session more outside of those co-regulation opportunities. So that's what we're doing in session with you guys. It's like, we're finally giving you what you missed out on. So it is safer to be in the body. So it's like, Oh, it's not a scary thing. And I remember, so I want to share you. I remember one week you're just feeling this incredible well-being in your nervous system. (laughs) And in the session, we set the intention. Okay. Let's marinate and deepen this well-being. And your body showed us in order to like marinate deeper into the well-being, we had to process shame. So we had to process some shame, this unpleasant emotion. And I remember you said, if I just started doing this work, I would have thought like, oh no, I'm regressing. I thought the intention was well-being. And since you now have such a deep trust in your body, you're like, oh, like let's process the shame together because I know that is what my body needs to deepen the well-being. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know. And I, I just never realized how in my head I was and just in everything that I did trying to process and, you know, just be like analytical in my head mm-hmm. all the time and not even, not even simply just feeling into my body. Like, what do I want to do today? And I remember one day I had a session with you, Shana, and I had a bunch of things I I had to do. And this was obviously after I had done some work and found some peace with my body. And I had a bunch of things that I had to do. And I woke up and said, I don't want to do any of it. I want to go to the grocery store and I want to get some, I want to make a soup and that's what I want to do. And, and I did, and it wasn't even like, oh, well, oh, but I have to do this stuff. And no, it wasn't even hard. It was just, my body was like, no, go to the grocery store get some stuff to make a soup. That's what will make you happy. And, and I did. And, and just a year ago, I would have just pushed through and gone and did all of my errands and my chores and everything I wanted to do and not listen to what my body wanted to do. So it's, it's not hard. It's unfamiliar, but it's actually like the easiest work I've ever done. Honestly, I've noticed the same thing. Like I've always had a 
kind of performance perfectionism in school and feeling like I think I think our society in general has a very like productivity is best working hard is is best almost like an efforting like the more effort and the harder something is the more difficult it is I don't want to say the better but like the more rewarding or um like valued. praised yeah mm-hmm. valued praised that is and like I just said, I've always kind of had this perfectionism lens in school and work for me. And through doing this work, like you just said, I've been able to listen to my body and know when, okay, I was planning on waking up and doing this assignment this morning, but I actually really want to go for a walk outside. I want to get outside and move my body first. And then I'll come back and the work is just so easeful. Like it's easy to sit down and do this assignment. And yeah. And then I think back to before I did this work and could listen to my body, I would have been like, oh, but I said I'm waking up and doing this assignment. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I can remember many moments of doing that, like forcing myself into what I think is what I should be doing or what is the most performance oriented. And it's so hard and it was so overwhelming for me. And it was like, I don't know, like pushing a truck. Like that's what it felt like, like putting so much effort into something compared to just like, yeah, just the easeful, the easeful flow, tapping into flow more, listening to your body. I think your body, you know, when you listen to your body, you're, it's very feminine and it allows you to drop into flow and ease and things just come so much more natural. So like my mom just said, it's, it's just unfamiliar and you, and you, you maybe think it's not what's the most productive or what's right, but then you, you learn that it is and life just gets to be easier for you. Yes. I love it. What what both Sue and Brett are pointing to is what we call the rigid pattern. So most of the United States culture is based on the rigid pattern. It's very black and white. If I'm not succeeding, I'm failing. I need to follow this specific schedule. I need to get shit done. If it's not flowing in that way, I'm going to get dysregulated in my body, right? And that all comes from us being raised on the mental field being so much more important than our feelings and our body, Right. So as we do more co-regulation to make it feel safer to be in the body, you start to access more of the gifts of the rigid pattern that you can have the structure when it needs to happen, but you're not caught up in it. You're not dysregulated if it's not perfectly to a T. So it allows that flow, right? It's like once we're in our body, we can finally tap into that effortless flow that we all have. But the reason why people get stuck there is because what were we taught? Whenever we feel anything uncomfortable, let's go to the the mental field. Why do we feel this way? Right. And that's going to keep us stuck instead of like, oh, I'm feeling something uncomfortable. Let me move through this. And especially it's so much easier doing it through (sighs) co-regulation. Get back to well-being. Get back into my flow. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And it almost because it's it's such a stark comparison to talk therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know for me, when I first started doing the work, I was like, I don't know. I mean, this is like, this isn't going to work. Like, what are we even doing? Right. Just like (laughs) sitting, feeling my racing heart, like, okay, great. (laughs) Right. And then it wasn't, but a few sessions in that I was like, oh, wow. Like we really may be, maybe getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I, I found you Shana way back when, when 
like you guys, or I believe Shana had highlighted in the beginning of this, where I just will not stop until I find what the solution is to a problem. I will just keep Mm -hmm. going and going and going and going. And so I had come across your page on Instagram somehow, and you were starting, this was back when you were doing the Transformation Accelerator Program, TAP. And so I had signed up for it and it was great, different than what you're doing now, but nonetheless, great. And soon after I had finished, Brenna had reached out. She was in college at the time and just having a lot of overwhelm. And the minute finals would come, I just knew that there were going to be, you know, daily phone calls and I'm going to fail this (laughs) class. And by that, she meant she was going to get an A (laughs) minus, you know, I mean, right. And so, but again, going back to Brenna, always just knowing she just has like that innate gift of knowing what's right. And I said, I, you know, I feel like you probably need to talk to someone. No, I don't want to go back to talk therapy. Like, I just don't think that's it. I need to find something else. And I had said, Oh, I found this, this woman on Instagram. I just did this program with her. It would be a little hard for me to describe it to you, but I feel like you should like reach out to her. And I mean, Brenna has like, talk about transformation, right? Brenna has completely transformed in this work with you over these, I don't know if it was two or three years ago now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. But it's I thought- incredible. Yeah. And it's cool because it was like a ping pong. You started through tap, you showed Brenna and then Brenna started adult attachment repair personality patterns. And then how do you hop on to that? So That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. You guys have like grown through this evolution together in different ways and different starting points, which is so cool. And that's what I love. It's like TAP taught a lot of self-regulation tools and stuff, which is so important. But when you have this foundation of attachment repair and co-regulation and understanding the five personality patterns map, it makes the self-regulation tools even that much more impactful. So I'd love to chat about like, how learning the five personality patterns has helped you guys and helped you understand yourself and make life a little bit easier um, because you can finally point to something. (laughs) I love the five personality patterns map. I think the part of me loves it mentally because I think as humans, we kind of like to learn about ourselves. I think there's a little bit of like, I don't know, astrology, things like that. Like people like to learn about themselves. And when you dive into these personality patterns. For me, I'm, I really dominantly will fall into the leaving pattern, which is the first developmental um, stage or developmental disappointment trauma. And when I heard all of the signs and symptoms of being in that pattern and started to listen to my body when I would fall into those signs and symptoms and know to reach out to Shana or know what to bring to session next or even just know what to do with myself in that, in that moment, it just changes your whole perspective. Like there, it almost just makes sense. It takes the pressure off of you. Like you can, you can point to something that's going on. And then by pointing to that, there's an exact map to follow to come out of that. You know, like for for me, the leaving pattern explained all of my overwhelm to the world and even my overwhelm to the physical world, the, like I spoke to earlier, lights and sounds and just all this stuff that kind of shocked me out of my body. And I was in a lot of dissociation and that's very much so pointed to with the leaving pattern. And 
Shana, like Shana always says, it's not something you are, it's something you do. So that always takes all the pressure off because when you're experiencing this, it's not like, well, here we go again. This is just who I am. And this is just, you know, this is, yeah, like I can't help it because this is just who I am. Because it when when you're so in the personality patterns, it can feel like this is just who I am because it's it runs your everyday. It runs your the way you move about and experience the world, but the fact that you're you do a, a personality pattern—it's not that you are that. It takes a lot of the pressure off, and it helps you realize that since that's not who you are, or because you can see it, you can't be it. And because that's not who you are, then you're not stuck with it forever. Like it's just—it's just something that you then get to work with, and. Like I said at the beginning, I I just like it because I relate so heavily to all the signs and symptoms of the leaving pattern that I just feels like I'm not going crazy and that these like weird symptoms and the my experience of the world is like explained by by this and Shana helps, you know, walk me through that and heal that part of my nervous system. And yeah, I I just love I just love them. I think they're so fun to learn about and it's it's like a it's like a whole new language. We always point to that too. Like it comes with a whole language that just makes your inner experience make a lot more sense and be easier to talk about and communicate, which is also really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I what I what I love about the five personality patterns because like we talked about, talk therapy is a lot of critical analyzing, whatever. But at the end of the day, us humans want to know why, right? Yeah, and and so I I think five personality patterns helps give you that clarity of the why so you can drop the story and just go into the body absolutely you know so like for brenna coming in she's like i'm super sensitive to lights and sounds and i feel people's energy too deeply she's an empath right but really empaths are people that have a leaving pattern personality pattern like it's their survival strategy right so once you understand like, oh, this is what there there was a reason and this was the developmental myth that created this in you it's kind of like oh, that's why? Okay, great. Now I feel way more open to drop into the body. So it's not like when we do this co-regulation work, we're just going into the body and just feeling and never saying a peep. And like, we get the both, but we're not getting lost in the story. It's like, okay, once I understand the map, okay, there's a reason why I feel this way. Now I can go in on it, you know? You always say structure to flow. Yeah. (laughs) Structure to the flow. Once you understand that, then you can drop it. Yeah. So that's why inside a mom school, you get to journey through the five personality patterns as well as learn how to co-regulate with another adult. So you get to understand yourself on a deeper level. You finally understand like, oh, when I'm dysregulated, that's why I use this strategy. And the best part is as you receive more co-regulation, you actually get the gifts of this personality pattern that you express. So that's what I love about this work too. It's not just about, oh, I'm in the distortion and got to keep repeating this pattern. It's like, no, as you receive co-regulation, you you actually like, because you went through that attachment trauma, that developmental miss, that means you got really proficient at other skill sets. And we get to honor and highlight that even more as you receive more co-regulation. And I remember... (laughs) Brenna, you you made a point and I was started smiling because Sue, I remember when we first started to do this work and I, I reflected to you like, hey, like you have a lot of like leaving pattern in your nervous system. And then once you saw the map, you're like, 
I am leaving pattern. There is no way, <laughs> Shayna, you are going to get this distortion out of me. This is so my personality pattern. There's no like, there's no way I can shift out of it. And I always say to my clients, be skeptical. That's how you'll know it's real. Um, so I'd love to hear your point of view, Sue, on that of like seeing the leaving pattern, being like, oh my God, I am it. And then it unraveling from there. Yeah, it was funny. So when we went through the five personality patterns, leaving was the first one. And I did feel like I am the leaving pattern. Like my picture, I will send you a picture of me and you can just put it next to leaving pattern. Like I am leaving pattern. And I don't, I cannot see a way out of that. Like I, these are so ingrained in me that I will forever be leaving pattern. Like that is just who I am. And I can tell you honestly, like it's very rare that I sort of fall into the patterns of leaving now. Very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we, and that was a hard one to work through because it it was it it really hit home. And so learning about all of those, you know, the the personality patterns of the leaving, and um, I was like, oh god, oh god, oh god, like so overwhelmed with it. And then there was a few that I didn't, I don't really have too strongly. And so those were like, yeah, bring it on. I can, uh, let's talk about those because it was less (laughs) vulnerable. It was less edgy. And then we got into the rigid pattern and I was like, (laughs) oh, hello, rigid. But because we had done so much work, I didn't feel like, oh, I'll never lose. You know, I, I had more confidence and I had more experience to show me that you have some rigid pattern tendencies, but you're you're not rigid pattern and they will soften one mm-hmm. with acknowledgement because like you said, if you can see it, you can't be it. So, you know, and and so the rigid pattern, even though arguably I felt like I was maybe equally or maybe even a little more than leaving pattern, shockingly, again, I feel like I just was able to work through that and sort of work through the aspects of it that I that weren't really serving me anymore. And hold on to the gifts that I that I learned, you know, I grew up in a very rigid home. And I also live in the United States, which is just rigid by nature. And, um, you know, there are some parts of it, like I'm a rule follower, right, Brenna? (laughs) Um, She's a major rule follower. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, there's some parts like that that I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm a rule follower. Yeah, but, but there's some a gift of the in more, that. There's respect in that, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, and I'm okay with that. And I think there were other parts that I was so rigid and I, we were going down this path and that is it. You know, I've been able to soften on a little bit more. So, um, yeah, the five personality patterns, like, rocked my world. Like, it was like, whoa, we are up leveling here, learning this. Yeah. And I feel like it just takes the pressure off and builds more self-awareness because, yeah, we're going to fall into these patterns. There's never going to become a day where you like never, you know, use that survival strategy. And in some cases, you actually want to use that strategy. Like if you're in a car accident and your legs chopped off. You want to pop out of your body and go into your leaving pattern and dissociate from that experience. But I think understanding the map helps you, like, even if you fall into a pattern, you're like, ah, I'm in the merging pattern right now. It's it's less of a, like, why am I doing this? I feel so dysregulated. I'm going to get lost in the spin. It's more like, oh, interest, like, fascinating. This is what I'm doing. Okay, I, I'm ready to to move through that to get to it the other side. It kind of 
it kind of points to your triggers too. Like mm-hmm. you, oh, when yeah. you realize that you're in a certain pattern, when I realize that I'm dissociated or kind of very like airheady, just like lost in space for hours on end, I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. There's some emotions under the surface that got triggered up for me some some way, which we also don't have to figure out, you know, thankfully you don't have to know why, but at least it allows you to, to put two and two together. Like I'm doing this because of something. It, once again, it's not who I am. What are the emotions under this that need to be like, witnessed lovingly witnessed and not that you have to know where they came from you just have to know that there are emotions under there that that sent you into that personality pattern and it's that almost makes it like a little game like that just takes the pressure right off and you're like all right what what can I bring to session this week that Shana can help me you know witness and that's what I think is so cool about this is one time I think you explained it to me as all of these parts, all they want is your presence. Like that's really all they want is attunement and in your presence. They want to be seen. It's almost like toddlers or babies. Like they don't really need much from you. They just want you to be there with them mm-hmm. and not necessarily fix your experience or tell you or, or tell you how it should be or whatever. Just be there with them. So it that's where it gets to be easier than we were taught, right? Like all you have to do is have a loving, compassionate, agendaless witness on that emotion that's underneath that trigger. You don't have to intellectualize the trigger or really effort the trigger out. Like there's no efforting. It's just being with. It's a practice yeah. of being. Yeah. Always a practice of resting and being. And that's why co-regulation is so important. Like I still need co-regulation to this day. I think we're tribal species that need connection to thrive. So like if someone's like, oh, I feel like I I have grief to process, but I can't get myself to cry. It's like, trust me, be held by somebody through co-regulation. Your system will finally be able to release. It's what we're built for. It's not like weak or um, a sign that you can't do it on your own. We're not meant to do certain parts on our own. And that's another reason why in mom school, I have a whole, you guys don't know, but I have this worksheet to help them understand their protectors, um, ways of avoiding emotion to help them start to like build that awareness. Like for me, if I binge eat sweets, like at night, I'm like, hmm, (laughs) I need to get a mini because I don't know what the hell is here, but like I've had ice cream and cookies for three nights straight. And I'm, I don't usually do that unless there's something going on. And then I'll get a mini with my husband and ball my eyes out. I'm like, Oh, okay. I just needed to discharge. Right. Um, so when you start to have more body awareness and like you said, it's more playful, like, huh, like this is coming up for me. There's something here and just being with it, it finally gets to move. And that's how we, that's how we heal. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, you guys. I feel like I can chat with you all day long. Is there anything else you guys want to share or any topics that we missed? I'm trying to think. I mean, I just want to come in as, you know, as someone having been through your program with older children, like to just say, like, honestly, like, this is not like a, a paid review. This is like, you know, honestly been my experience that it has been life changing as far as a mother. And so if, if I ever, I just can only imagine how, 
even, I don't even know if it's more impactful or different. It would have been if I hadn't had this work when my children were young or when I was pregnant or even like preconception of my children. It just, um, I, I just, I, I really do honor and value your work so much. And it's, you know, I think for anyone that, that has the opportunity to dive deep into the work, I think, um, you know, people, I think you owe it to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's changed our whole family. I mean, we have, we have a really special family unit, but I think it's just only gotten more special and we've been able to all connect with each other on a deeper level, have so much more fun together, just understand each other more. And it's only my mom and I that are deep in the work like this. I have a sister and a brother and obviously my dad, but um, I think my mom would agree that it's just changed our family dynamic for the better, which is just amazing to see how much impact this has had all around. Yeah, I love that you're pointing to that, Brenna, because I think that's kind of the last point we can drive home is that like the beauty of rupture and repair. Like I think a lot of moms get stressed of like, oh, I need to do it right the first time. I need to be perfect and like whatever. When really like our kids actually can learn even way more from rupture and repair. And like I know Sue has done that with like your other siblings and it's deep in the connection of just like, hey, teaching your kid like, hey, we're not perfect. I'm learning how are you doing right? And then that that embodiment of like Sue, you going first has helped other people in your family realize like, oh, it's safe to be vulnerable. And like, I can go to this person and it came from rupture and repair. It came from not doing it quote unquote right the first time. So I think that's what's so cool too is helping moms understand like, yes, it's kind of edgy in the beginning. Like you were pointing to at the beginning of this podcast too, like, oh, like we're going to talk about the attachment trauma and like shit, like, uh. Mm -hmm. But like, that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And we don't, we don't need the perfection. It's just like when we understand the map and the awareness and understanding what a nervous system needs, um, it makes life so much more easeful and enjoyable and more connected in the family dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And it really does just take one in our case too, but just really like one person to do the work and the ripple effect is palpable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have full body chills. I could cry right now. <laughs> well, this has been such an amazing conversation. Like I said, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for coming on the show. I know it can be such an edge to hop on a podcast like this and share your like vulnerability, your entire story. So thank you guys. It's such an honor to work with you. And I love you both so much. Yeah, Thanks for having us. We love you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, please share it with them. And if you're loving these conversations, make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on what you love about the show so I can keep the good vibes coming your way. Now, in case no one told you today, I want you to know that you're doing a fucking incredible job and the world is so much better with you in it. So thank you for being here and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.